welcome to On Conscious. I'm your host, Liz Cook, functional nutritionist and founder of One Seed Organic Perfumes. The purpose of On Conscious is to connect you in a more meaningful way to the world around you and to help you dive deeper into your own life and habits and encourage you to investigate the products we use, the way we think, and how we interact with the world around us. In this episode, I'm going to talk about a topic that is on almost everyone's lips at the moment, hand sanitizer. I want to talk to you about what hand sanitizer actually does and how it works, what the options are, and if vodka really does work like recent posts on Facebook say it does. So let's start by answering a few questions you may not have even considered. So what is the purpose of hand sanitizer? Well, it's to kill or reduce a broad range of pathogens and their spores, thereby minimizing the effects and the spread of germs. So what is better, hand washing or sanitizer? We've been hearing a lot about this in the media and in news reports. And let's just cover some of the really specific details here. Soap and water is actually more effective than hand sanitizers at removing certain kinds of germs, but alcohol-based sanitizers can inactivate a large variety of microbes when used effectively. The problem is that people may not use a large enough volume of the sanitizers or you may wipe it off before it's dried. One of the strengths of alcohol is that the bacteria that it kills doesn't develop a resistance to it, so alcohol doesn't lose its effectiveness with continued use. According to a 2014 review, ethanol is so powerful that a few studies have found that in high concentration, it's better at getting rid of some specific species of disease-causing bacteria such as E. coli and staph compared with washing hands or regular or antibacterial soap. But alcohol doesn't work for all germs such as novovirus, for example, and cryptosporidium, a parasite that causes a diarrheal type of disease. Hand sanitizers also don't remove harmful chemicals like pesticides or heavy metals, and they don't work well on especially dirty or greasy hands, so soap and water are still the winners here. According to the CDC in America, hand sanitizer without alcohol may not kill as many germs and may only reduce the growth of germs rather than killing them outright. The CDC recommends hand sanitizers with at least 60% alcohol in them for maximum effectiveness. So what do you need to look for? Well, we've probably heard it everywhere, but you need to look for a product that has at least 60% alcohol and up to 90%. The data suggests that anything between 90 and 95% alcohol is actually no more effective than something up to 90%. Solutions with as little as 30% alcohol have some pathogen-killing ability, but the effectiveness actually increases with the increasing alcohol concentration. Studies have shown that alcohol kills a more broad variety of bacteria and viruses when the concentration exceeds 60%, and it works faster as the concentration increases. But if you can find something with 30% alcohol, that's absolutely better than using nothing at all. So does vodka work? Well, if you think about the alcohol percentage in vodka, it's anything from 45 to about 80%. So yes, vodka can actually work as a hand sanitizer, especially when you have nothing else or you don't have access to soap and water. But as we're hearing a lot, if you can wash your hands with soap and warm water for 20 seconds, that is going to absolutely do the job you need it to. So how do hand sanitizers actually work? It's probably not a question that most of us have considered. Alcohol destroys pathogens mainly through two mechanisms, by breaking apart proteins and by dissolving the outer membrane. 
Proteins are the machinery of the cell and they have to be dissolved in water in order to properly function. But when they're saturated in ethanol or ethyl alcohol, the protein can't function properly and it becomes denatured and thereby it ruins the functioning of the cell, of the pathogen. Secondly, bacteria are surrounded by a lipid membrane or fatty acids, the part that essentially holds the whole cell together. Lipids, these, this lipid layer will freely dissolve in ethanol, causing a disruption of the bacterial or viral membrane. Secondly, bacteria are surrounded by a lipid membrane or fatty acids that holds everything together. When the lipids are dissolved in ethanol, this causes a disruption of the membrane and ruptures the bacteria so that it can't live. Let's talk about how sanitizers are manufactured and what's the difference between natural and synthetic and are there any things that we need to look out for in order to keep ourselves healthy. Here's a breakdown of the ingredients in a natural hand sanitizer and what each one does. The usual formulation looks something like this, ethanol or ethyl alcohol or alcohol, water, aloe vera, glycerin, vitamin E and essential oils. That's a pretty standard list. So your ethanol is obviously killing a lot of the germs. Aloe vera is in there really to act as a humectant so that our hands don't get so dried out, as are glycerin and vitamin E. Because if you consider that alcohol breaks down fatty acids like it does in cell membranes, it also does the same on our skin. And that's why our skin gets really dried out from use of hand sanitizers, especially alcohol-based ones. So glycerin and vitamin E and aloe vera are in there to add some more moisture back. Essential oils are not just in there for smell, and I have seen a lot of articles online saying if you make your own, you can add a few drops of essential oil for scent. But essential oils are actually very powerful. They come from plants and are the very active components of plants. And many of them have antimicrobial activities, and some of them also increase your body's immune response, like eucalyptus, for example. It's also really good to note that eucalyptus is also an expectorant, so it can help you break down mucus, which is important when you're coming in contact with viruses or bacteria that cause a buildup of mucus in the lungs. So let's talk about how synthetic sanitizers are made. There's a couple of different main ingredients. Often it's ethanol, which is almost always petrochemically derived, as opposed to natural ethanol in a natural product, which is usually derived from sugarcane or grapes. Ethanol is rapidly absorbed into the body and it also increases the absorption of other ingredients. It can cause skin irritation or contact dermatitis and it does break down the fatty acid layer of the skin, so hence the need for additives that will increase moisture. The fact that it is rapidly absorbed and increases the absorption of other ingredients is pretty critical because if you're using a formula that also includes other questionable ingredients, increasing the absorption of those is a bit of a concern. You also may find isopropyl alcohol or rubbing alcohol in these formulas as an alternative to ethanol. Now, isopropyl alcohol is a bit of a concern and it's oxidized in the body to form acetone and it may affect liver health. It can irritate the nose and the throat and at high concentrations, it can harm the nervous system. Symptoms of toxicity may include headache, nausea, dizziness, drowsiness, and confusion. And the EWG, the Environmental Working Group, rates isopropyl alcohol as a number two low hazard, but it can cause moderate to severe irritation. So that's just something to note. So if you're tossing up between something with ethanol or isopropyl alcohol, ethanol is absolutely a better bet. 
Another ingredient that may be used is n-propanol. Now, this one is of much bigger concern. It's a petrochemical and is likely to contain toxic contaminants. And in addition, it has the same effects on the human body as ethanol, but it's up to four times more potent. And it's metabolized in our bodies to propionic acid, which can have neurotoxic effects on our body, which means that it affects our nervous system. Then you may also see benzylconium chloride. This is a really common one in non-alcohol-based sanitizers. This one is of concern as well. According to the Environmental Working Group, benzylconium chloride is a known human irritant and allergen and a very strong immune toxicant, so it's toxic for our immune system. The EWG rates this chemical as a 3 to 5, depending on its use, which is considered a moderate hazard, but as very high in terms of allergies and immunotoxicity. All of these ingredients can seriously damage your microbiome, and many of them are restricted or banned in countries like Canada and Japan. Many have toxic effects, so it's really important to do your research before using any of these over a continued time period. Then you may find triclosan. Now, this one is, to me, the most concerning. It's biologically persistent, which means that it's toxic to the environment and to wildlife and doesn't break down readily. It causes endocrine disruption, which is hormone disruption at very low doses, and it can cause general organ system toxicity. Some studies have also shown it to be allergenic and have negative effects on the immune system. And studies have also shown that it exaggerates inflammation in the colon. Some studies have also shown that triclosan may induce antibiotic resistance, and that is a big concern when you're trying to already fight off infection. With all of these ingredients, it's important to note that the more bacteria you kill on your skin, the more of your microbiome is interrupted. Your microbiome is important in terms of fighting off infection and keeping us healthy. You have not only a microbiome in your gut, but also on your skin. So it is important to not over-sterilize and over-sanitize everything because you will disrupt one of your body's main defense system. So just general clean and either a natural sanitizer or warm soap and water is the most important way to not only get rid of the germs we don't need, but also to keep your microbiome intact. Now, let's just have a quick talk about what not to use as a sanitizer. I have seen people using surface sprays or some of these air freshening type of sprays on their hands. Now, none of these are designed nor tested for use on skin. So it's vital that we don't use any of these cleaning products as hand sanitizers. I've also seen a lot of talk on social media the last week or so about methylated spirits. Methylated spirits is highly toxic and includes a lot of additives that are extremely toxic to the body. Don't be fooled into thinking that it's fine just to use around the home, even if you don't use it on your skin. And I'm looking here at a study about methanol toxicity, which says that toxicity can occur by ingestion, dermal absorption, and inhalation. So it's something I recommend not to use at all, neither around your home nor on your skin. Typical additives in methylated spirits include isopropyl alcohol, acetone, which is extremely hazardous, methyl ethyl ketone, and also DEP or diethyl phthalate, which is an endocrine disruptor and an environmental toxicant. And some of the side effects of methylated spirits poisoning is issues with your nervous system, confusion, dizziness, and so on. And I strongly urge anybody who's thinking about using it to Google methanol toxicity and have a really good look at some of the research. So can you DIY? Yes, you can DIY. 
So the best thing to do is either find, now it is very hard to find ethanol if you're somebody that doesn't have a license to buy ethanol. It is very hard to get your hands on pure ethanol, whether it's natural or the synthetic version, but there are ingredients that you can buy that have a high ethanol content. You can use isopropyl alcohol if you absolutely must. I wouldn't be using any of the other alcohols that are available, but isopropyl alcohol, which you may find in the pharmacy, can be used. I just wouldn't be using any of these on a regular basis and just stick to warm, soapy water when you can. Definitely don't use methylated spirits, as we talked about. You can also use vodka if it's at least 60% alcohol. So look for a product that contains at least 60% alcohol. Also using essential oils increases the effectiveness. Do some research on which essential oils are best, but I would suggest lemon, eucalyptus, lavender, cedarwood, tea tree oil, really good place to start. Some of these have a very broad spectrum way of killing pathogens and they may also help stimulate your immune system, such as eucalyptus. That's one of my favorites. There are some cautions around hand sanitizer, especially alcohol-based. If they are alcohol-based, you want to keep them out of reach of children. They are harmful if swallowed, whether natural or not. Ethanol is not something you want to be putting inside your body. They can be highly flammable, being at least 60% ethanol, and you also want to make sure that you keep the lid on them so they don't evaporate quickly, and you must keep them out of the way of heat or flame, so please don't store them in your car. So what is the takeaway here? Well, we don't want to come out of this virus worse than what we went in, so cleanliness is important. But over-sanitization will lead to a bigger health crisis. Please do some research before you just jump in and use ingredients that other people are talking about. And you can DIY, but make sure the ingredients you are using are safe. There's some simple things you can do, so please don't forget the power of fresh air. Open the windows and the doors in your home as much as possible. Let lots of fresh air flow through. Sunlight can kill pathogens really, really well. So hang out pillows, blankets, soft toys, etc. in the sun, school bags as well. Get as much sunlight as you can. And don't forget sunlight for yourself as well because vitamin D is essential to a healthy immune system. Soap and water are still the go-to. Essential oils can be really, really effective. Hopefully this information has been helpful for you today. Just encourage you to continue to do your own research and to stay positive. See you soon. 